0: in here our number 87738138118773813811 so much crumbling around us thanks to the democrats their media thanks to the democrats and their president that it's almost impossible to address it all in one sitting so I shall not but I will pick them off as I do the filibuster rule Mark, what are you starting with the filibuster rule for? Because it's very important. Without it, our country will be fundamentally transformed. They'll get that phony voting bill they want, which is a fascistic bill. They will, in fact, pack the Supreme Court, which is a fascistic act. They will pack the Senate, another fascistic act, while they're pretending to be small-D Democrats. And then I'll accuse everybody who rejects it as racist. And yet this is the party of racism, the Democrat Party. This is the party of racism for decade after decade after decade, from slavery to segregation to Jim Crow. This is the party of racism. And yet they project. And this party has attracted leaders that are fascistic. You can see them, you can hear them. And so it's important, I think, to talk about this filibuster rule. Now, they say the filibuster rule is racist, and then they move on. Now, you can do your own Google search. How can the filibuster be racist? On what basis do they say it's racist? It was used by racists, that's true, but it was used by non-racists to fight the racists. I mean, it was used by Joe Biden, who we know is not a racist, even though he threw in with the segregationist, in his career. And as I told you the other day, the filibuster, as best we can tell, dates back to ancient Rome, when Cato, Cato, the senator, tried to use it to block Caesar. Unfortunately, that failed. But the filibuster was used by the British Parliament. The filibuster has been used in Australia. And the first time it was used in the United States... I believe it was March 5th, 1841. And it was used because several senators were upset that the Senate printers were about to be fired. And so they tried to prevent it on the Senate floor using a filibuster for the first time in American history. So the filibuster has nothing to do with racism per se, as 98% of what the race baiters say has nothing to do with racism. If you believe in the Constitution, you're a racist. If you believe in the Declaration, you're a racist. If you believe in capitalism, you're a racist. If you believe in securing the border, you're a racist. If you don't agree with a radical socialist Marxist agenda, well, you're obviously a racist. If you don't believe in climate change, you must be a racist because of environmental justice. If you're not a Democrat, you must be a racist. If you are a Democrat but a moderate, you must be a racist. If you believe in free speech, you must be a racist. Academic freedom, you must be a racist. So we're not buying any of this crap. Now Chuck Schumer, with 50 centers, that's all he's got, wants to get rid of the filibuster rule. And the reason they want to get rid of it is the reason I keep saying, number one, and you notice others are starting to pick up on this, they're good listeners, they're good learners. For the Democrat Party... The issue is the Democrat Party, not what's best for the nation, but what's best for the Democrat Party and the Democrats, what's best for their base, what's best for their surrogates. Because you need to show allegiance, not to your nation, don't salute the flag, don't sing the national anthem, don't stand up and respect and cover your heart. No, 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 no. You need to show allegiance to the Marxist agenda, the Democrat Party. And you need to march in single file and support it. Period. So it's the Democrat Party and the Marxist agenda that comes before the country, comes before everything really, even family, faith, freedom. And the filibuster rule, just like the Constitution itself, is a bulwark for liberty. It's a bulwark to slow the process down for deliberation, which is what republicanism, small r, is all about. But they're in a hurry. They're in a hurry. They wish to ram all this through in the first hundred days before you even know what hit you. Consequences be damned. You be damned. And they want to ram all this through, including the destruction of our voting system. So you wake up one day and go, wait a minute. They did what? Well, I'm going to vote them out of office. No, you're not. They changed that too. So here's Chuck Schumer on MSLSD yesterday on the filibuster. Hat tip, Breitbart, cut two, go.
2: First, I think we will show and our caucus gains strength from showing unity and getting some things done as the AARP and very possibly uh, the build back better. Second, I think we we will show the public. uh, We will see. We will test our Republican friends when we put them. You know, when McConnell was the leader, he put none of these good things that you mentioned earlier that the House passed on the floor. I will put them on the floor.
0: Oh, I see. Massive new spending. Go ahead.
2: You will see on very popular issues where Republicans stand. I recently said when the House passed the uh, background checks bill, I'll put it on the floor.
0: Ninety percent of the American- The background checks bill. So if you loan your gun to your wife or your husband, there has to be a background check. If you give your gun to your friend. Who's concerned about domestic violence or a neighbor next door or something of that sort. Well, then, there has to be a background check. If you sell a weapon, an older weapon, one that you personally own at a gun show, there has to be a background check. Tell me, how many people are murdered in this country on either of those three scenarios? Nobody, really. Almost nobody. This is just more of an effort to control we the people, the law-abiding people. This is about people control, folks. That's all it is. It's about people control. It's slaughter financially the police and make it impossible for you to get a weapon. Then you're stuck. Then you have nowhere to go. Then you'll do what you're told, whether you like it or not. Go
2: ahead. Background checks. 80% of gun owners are for background checks.
0: Where do Hey, our- idiot, we have background checks. How many people have bought a weapon lately? you got to wait, don't you? you got to wait for what? A background check. There are background checks. So what are they talking about? There aren't background checks. 80% of gun owners support it. Whether we support it or not, it happens. 90, 95, 97%, whatever the number is of people who purchase guns, there's background checks. Except, of course, people who come over the border illegally. and The Democrats don't want to know from them. They can bring weapons. They can bring ammunition. They can bring drugs. They can bring coronavirus. They can bring tuberculosis, measles, mumps. They can bring whatever they want. The Democrats don't care. They can bring guns into the country. Easily. But we don't secure the border because it's the American citizen who needs to be controlled. It's the American citizen who's the problem because the American citizen votes and they expect their representatives to actually represent them. That we cannot have. Go ahead. And if they
2: go along with us, great. If they feel the
0: Listen to this fascist. Listen to this fascist. Schumer, I dare you to sue me. I dare you. You are a fascist. And I will conduct discovery. I will play your clips against you. As long as the Republicans go along with Chuck Schumer, that's fine. But if they don't, we got to get rid of the filibuster rule and ram our radical, crackpot, nutjob agenda down the throats of the American people, whether they like it or not. Because I, the senator from New York, and Pelosi, the Congress fool from, from San Francisco, and Joe Biden, the idiot from Wilmington, Those three communities sent us to Washington and they demand that we impose on the entirety of the nation our ideology, our idea. They demand it. The American people demand. That we in Washington tell them what to do. Not their states, not their localities, not where they can actually have input, where there aren't National Guard surrounding your state capitol or National Guard surrounding your county capital, or National Guard surrounding your school board or your mayor or what board of supervisor. No, 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 no. We in Washington, we will decide everything. How many bullets you can have, how many bullets can go in a magazine, what a weapon looks like. We will decide. And if the Republicans go along with us, fine. If they don't, we will crush them and eliminate the filibuster rule. This man is a fascist. Now, you might say, Mark, you've been saying Marxist. You know what's interesting about that? Even though Marxism is an ideology and fascism less so, it doesn't matter because they overlap. They overlap. Go ahead.
2: Campaigns mounting right now on these issues in their states, which I think are very good. I don't mean political campaigns. I mean issue-oriented campaigns. Because
0: they're working closely with these radical left-wing groups. That's what they're doing. And so you actually have clowns like Adam Kinzinger from Illinois, a Republican, who never voted for Trump, who voted for Trump's impeachment, who voted for these gun control bills and ran originally as a Tea Party candidate. He's a fraud and a fool. And it's guys like him who are held up as examples of integrity when it comes to politics by the Democrats. More Schumer. Cut three.
2: Go. As for uh, the issue, we Democrats, all believe we need big, bold change. As I've said before, we hope our Republican colleagues will work with us to produce that.
0: We want big, bold change. Well, you know what? Under our constitutional system, you don't get big, bold change, you jerk. You get slow, incremental change. And here's why, ladies and gentlemen, this country was built around your individual liberty, your unalienable rights. Your private property rights, your freedom of association, your freedom of speech, your freedom to exercise religion, your right to bear arms, your right to due process, your right to equal protection, your right, your right to be reimbursed if they take your property. All kinds of rights that belong to you. And most of all, you have a right to representative government. And when they ram things through, whether it's executive orders or we're going to go big and bold and fast, This destroys your ability to participate. It destroys the notion of republicanism. It's not about the Democrat Party and what the Democrat Party wants. Big, bold, fast change. Of course they do. Because their big, bold, fast change is about destroying the barriers to their big, bold, fast change. And they do not get to destroy this country with one election which is 50-50 in the Senate and the smallest majority any party has had in 100 years in the House. They don't get to do that. I'll be right back. Much in Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide, through its free online courses, its support of classical K through 12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty. Since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale dot com. Levin for Hillsdale dot doke, okey doke, doke, Little Dick Durbin. Can you imagine Illinois gave us Abraham Lincoln. Now it gives us Little Dick Durbin here. It's unbelievable. And uh, he's on the floor of the Senate yesterday, face down, no doubt, but actually he's on the floor of the Senate. And they really, really want to move this filibuster rule out of the way because they want to make permanent changes to the country, to all three branches of government, which will make the trajectory towards the radical left impossible to stop, which will empower the Democrat Party forevermore and turn it into a one-party country. A disaster, of course, destroy our capitalist system, destroy any remnants of citizenship as they seek desperately to change the demographics in this country, not because they're for black people or brown people or red people or yellow people or polka dot people, but because they feel that those folks are going to vote three-fourths or two-thirds Democrat. There was a time when they opposed it. Now they have figured out that this is just another way for power. And again, as I want to tell my fellow hosts on Fox, my fellow radio hosts, you need to really digest this and explain this to your audiences. Because then everything becomes crystal clear that this is about allegiance, wealth, power for the Democrat Party. And in every Marxist or even fascist state, it's about the leader and it's about the party. It's not about the country. It's not about the well-being of the citizenry. You don't even like the citizenry. Here's Dick Durbin on the floor yesterday, and notice how similarly they all talk, these Democrats. Not an independent thinker amongst them. Hat tip Daily Caller, cut forego.
3: The truth is, as filibusters and threatened filibusters have increased in recent decades, real debate and bipartisan cooperation have plummeted. Today's filibuster is often used to prevent the Senate from even starting to debate important ideas. It's not the guarantor of democracy. It has become the death grip of
0: democracy. I see. So the filibuster is now the death grip of democracy. But so what? We're not a democracy. We're a republic. The framers specifically didn't want a democracy. They didn't want a mobocracy, which is what Dick Durbin is really promoting, and as are the Democrats. Mobocracy in Congress, autocracy in the White House, to anti-American ideologies, doing a pincer movement on Americanism. So out of the White House, we get autocracy pushing the left's agenda. And out of Congress, we get mobocracy pushing the left's agenda, as I keep explaining. And that's the purpose here. The filibuster rule. All of a sudden, it's a danger. It's the death grip of our democracy. Dick Durbin's been in the Senate for a very, very long time. How come he didn't say that five years ago? How come he didn't say that 10 years ago? Because he's a liar and he's a chameleon. But in the end, he's a leftist. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com.
1: Mark Levin, Radio's Hell Raising Intellectual. Call now 877 381
0: 3811. Well, listen to this. Associated Depressed in Jerusalem, Israeli archaeologists today announced the discovery of dozens of Dead Sea Scroll fragments. Bearing a biblical text found in a desert cave and believed hidden during a Jewish revolt against Rome nearly 1,900 years ago. The fragments of parchment bear lines of Greek text from the books of Zechariah and Nahum and have been dated around the first century based on the writing style according to the Israel Antiquities Authority. They are the first new scrolls found in archaeological excavations in the desert south of Jerusalem. In 60 years, the Dead Sea Scrolls, a collection of Jewish texts found in desert caves in the West Bank near Koran in the 40s and 1950s, that would be uh, Judea and Samaria, as I have to say over and over again, date from the 3rd century B.C. to the 1st century A.D. They include the earliest known copies of biblical texts and documents outlining the beliefs of a little understood Jewish sect. The roughly 80 new pieces are believed to belong to a set of parchment fragments found in a site in southern Israel known as the Cave of Horror, named for the 40 human skeletons found there during excavations in the 1960s that also bear a Greek rendition of the Twelve Minor Prophets, a book in the Hebrew Bible. The cave is located in a remote canyon around 25 miles south of Jerusalem. The artifacts were found during an operation in Israel uh, and listen to how they put it, AP, and the occupied West Bank. Now, let's just stop there. America, I want you to listen to so, this. Mr. Bidus or Mr. Kohl's Greener, they found Dead Sea Scroll Parts dating back almost 2,000 years, right? Correct? So how could it be occupied territory? In the same sentence, they call it the occupied West Bank, occupied by the Jews. It's Jewish land, is it not? Does this not demonstrate that? Does it not prove it? There aren't any Palestinian scrolls. There aren't any Arab scrolls. The Israelis, excuse me, the Jews are fighting for their survival, whether it was the Babylonians or the Persians or the Romans or what have you. This is Jewish land. Isn't that what this demonstrates? And yet here's the Associated Press. The, the, the anti-Semitism in the media is unbelievable. Unbelievable. We talk about Native Americans in this country. Well, what about Native Jews or Israelis in their own country? This goes back. They're in caves. They're finding their material in there, parts of the Dead Sea Scrolls, dating back almost 2,000 years, and they dare to call it the Occupied West Bank? The Occupied West Bank? Because Jordan came in and stole that part in the late 1940s and called it the West Bank of Jordan. Now it's the West Bank forever? Seriously, folks. Here's the sentence again. The artifacts were found during an operation in Israel and the occupied West Bank conducted by the Israel Antiquities Authority to find scrolls and other artifacts to prevent possible plundering. Israel captured the West Bank in the 1967 war, and international law prohibits the removal of cultural property from occupied territory. It's not occupied territory. Those scrolls belong to the Jewish state of Israel. Can you imagine what some of Israel's enemies would do with those scrolls? Or the artifacts? The fragments are believed to have been part of a scroll stashed away in the cave during the bar Kokhba revolt. It's very famous. An armed Jewish uprising against Rome during the reign of Emperor Hadrian between 132 and 136. Coins struck by rebels and arrowheads found in other caves in the region also hail from that period. We found a textual difference that is no parallel with any other manuscript either in Hebrew or in Greek, said Oram Abelman. A dead scroll uh, researcher with the Israel Antiquities Authority referred to slight variations in the Greek renderings of the Hebrew original compared to the Septuagint, a translation of the Hebrew Bible to Greece made in Egypt in the 3rd and 2nd centuries B.C. When we think about the biblical text, we think about something very static. It wasn't static. There are slight differences, and some of those differences are important, said Joel Uzale head of the Antiquities Authority's Dead Sea Scroll Unit. Every little piece of information that we can add, we can understand a little bit better how the biblical text came into its traditional Hebrew form. Along the Roman-era artifacts, the exhibit included far older, I'm checking my time, discoveries of no lesser importance found during its sweep of more than 500 caves in the desert the 6,000-year-old mummified skeleton of a child, an immense, complete woven basket from the Neolithic period, estimated to be 10,500 years old, and scores of other delicate, organic materials preserved in caves and climate. In 1961, Israeli archaeologist Yohanan Aroni excavated the Cave of Hor and his team found nine parchment fragments belonging to a scroll with texts from the 12 minor prophets in Greek and a scrap of Greek papyrus since then no new texts have been found during archaeological excavations, but many have turned up on the black market apparently plundered from caves and for the past four years Israeli archaeologists have launched a major campaign to scour caves nestled in the precipitous canyons of Judean desert oh it's not the occupied desert in search of scrolls and other rare artifacts, the aim is to find them before plunderers disturb the remote sites, destroying archaeological strata and data in search of antiquities bound for the black market. Until now, the hunt had only found a handful of parchment scraps that bore no text. Ami Ganor, head of the Antiquities Theft Prevention Unit, said since the commencement of the operation in 2017, there's been virtually no antiquities plundering in the Judean desert calling the operation a success for the first time in 70 years, we're able to preempt the plunders, he said. But the irony, the sick irony is not even lost on the Associated Press reporter who writes this thing. Elon Benzion, of all people. It's amazing. So what do these Dead Sea Scroll parchment pieces show? Well, for the... But the biblical experts, of course, as they said, they're trying to piece them together with other uh, piece of parchment that they find to determine um, uh, different aspects of the Bible. But for me, and of course it's not in the AP piece, it demonstrates, again, once and for all, that Judea and Samaria are not occupied territories. I don't care what the Europeans say. I don't care what the UN says. I don't care what America's Democrats and America's media say. There's so much evidence of this, it's not even funny. It's not even debatable. It's not occupied territory. It's not the West Bank. The natives, if you will, who lived in these areas were Jews. And when you find parchment that's 2,000 years old, and you find coins that are even older, older, and jewelry, and other, and even currencies, you would think that if we follow the science, it's a closed case. But the West is so desperate, so desperate, to accommodate the Palestinians and so desperate to accommodate the anti-Semites in their own ranks, particularly in American Democrat Party and media like the New York Times and the Washington Post, that they continue to push this. It's really amazing, but I thought you'd want to know, in the middle of all this, we reach back thousands of years. And rather than learn from history, our own history and ancient history, We pretend it doesn't exist because we're so sanctimonious, so selfish, so narcissistic, not you and me, but we as a collective, that we actually believe the world begins today. If the world began today with the cowards and the buffoons and the people who are on the dole, we would all starve to death or we die of thirst. We wouldn't have the wheel. We wouldn't have fire. We wouldn't have a vaccine. We'd have nothing. We'd have nothing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today, not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide, through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty. Since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale.com. By the way, Biden and Harris, they're traveling the country. I think they went from uh, Washington, D.C. to uh, Bethesda, Maryland. I'm not sure. But anyway, pushing. The $1.9 trillion, that finally the American people, they've, they've come to the rescue and said, let me tell you what's going on. I've explained it before, but let me underscore it. The economy is exploding with growth. The American people have had enough. More and more states are allowing a little bit more freedom. Republican states are allowing a lot more freedom, and people are taking advantage of it. And the only thing that can stop them now It's another pandemic and the pandemic of the Democrat Party. What Biden is doing, because they know the numbers, they see the numbers early on, is they're trying to get in the front of the parade. And they want you to believe that this massive boondoggle spending, which helps their base, which goes through bureaucracies and on and on and on, that that created the economic growth that is going to be reported bigly in the next month, two months, and certainly at the end of the first quarter, it's already been predicted. Massive economic growth, potentially 10% increase in GDP growth. This was predicted three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And so they want to get it through as fast as they can to claim credit for this. So they're in, and I talked about this on Life, Liberty, and Live In, and I wrote about it extensively and on Freedom of the Press. They're in full propaganda mode. These are lies and they are propaganda. Just as Biden's jumped in front of the the parade on the vaccine, that but for Biden, we wouldn't have the vaccines. We wouldn't have enough vaccines, so they wouldn't be distributed. So everybody that's getting these needles now, you need to thank Joe Biden. It's a complete lie. Every vaccine that's out there right now was purchased by the Trump administration, every single one. But you wouldn't know it. So that's what's going on. And then they're going to say, with all this spending, meaning paying off their buddies, redistributing wealth to their buddies, buying votes left and right, now we need taxes. So who are they going to tax? Republicans. They call them the rich. But many of them aren't rich. It's going to affect you. Look. Gasoline prices. Does that affect the rich? No, it affects you. They're going up. And when fuel prices go up, everything goes up. Clothing. Food. Production. Everything goes up and everything is going up. The price of a gallon of gasoline where I buy it has already gone up 60 cents a gallon. And that's just now. Wait until they're in full-blown attack capitalism mode. So this, the same propaganda that the Marxists use in other parts of the world, the same propaganda that leftists have used in the United States from day one, They want you to be angry. They want you to be jealous. They want you to be good little class warfare Marxists. That guy, he's paying what? Well, he should be doing that. Get him. Get him. Get him. Take this. Take this. Well, look at his house. He doesn't need that house. He's got four cars. He doesn't need cars. Ask the men and women on the assembly line how they're impacted when somebody buys multiple cars. Ask construction workers, electricians, plumbers, roofers, on and on and on, how they're impacted when somebody builds a big home. Who cares how big it is? Who cares what's in it? Who cares how many cars the guy has? Successful? Who gives a damn? It doesn't affect me. Actually, if it affects me, it's in a positive way. It's not taking anything from me. There's not this limited pot where that guy gets a big house and I get a tent. It doesn't work that way. It's America. It's capitalism. But this is how the left thinks because this is what they want to do. We get to distribute who gets what. We get to decide 400,000 is too much, 150,000 is too much, 76,000 by an individual, that's too much. Who says? Let me give you a perfect example. If you're 28 years old, and let's say you're a paralegal, and you live in Manhattan. You don't have any kids, you don't have a spouse. But the price of the apartment is still very, very high. What do you need to have a decent living? Let's compare that person to a farmer. To a farmer in Kansas. Who's married, has five or six kids. What does that farmer need to have a relatively decent living? Well, they don't need the same thing. The dollar has a different impact in different parts of the country. They have completely different lifestyles. They do completely different things. They get paid completely differently. So how can you say a farmer who has 10,000 acres, five kids, has all this equipment he has or she has to pay for, who grosses $400,000 a year versus a paralegal who lives in Manhattan. Well, let's do it this way. A partner in a law firm who lives in Manhattan who grosses $400,000 a year. It's not the same, is it, Mr. Producer? It's not the same. So when... The Marxists get up there and they say, anybody who earns $400,000 over, hour, that's just what we're going to do to them right here. They're going to do different things to different people. And it's going to have a different effect. It's like giving everybody $1,400. You give somebody $1,400. We were talking about this today as we were uh, taping Levin TV. Uh, One of my buddies is a former NYPD detective. My uh, executive producer is a great guy. used to work on Discovery Channel, some of these other channels. We were having a chat about this. $1,400 plus state unemployment, plus $300 on top of state unemployment. Why would you work for an hourly wage at a restaurant or a 7-Eleven when you're literally getting paid more money to do nothing? Why would you do it? You wouldn't. And we're in deep trouble over this. Massive taxes are coming, massive inflation's coming, massive interest rate hikes, massive energy increases. Isn't Nirvana great under the Democrat? That's swell. I'll be right back.
3: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
0: This guy, Ben Cardin, he was a congressman, now he's a senator from Maryland, goes on TV, he's a real nubish, And he comes on TV, and he's soft-spoken, and he talks quickly, and he wants you to believe he's bipartisan. Not bisexual, bipartisan, although there'd be nothing wrong with that. I wouldn't think Ben would disagree with that. Uh, in any event, that he just wants you to believe he's a good government guy. But he's like the rest, fascistic. Now, I want to explain again, because people come and go from an audience, the reconciliation process. And let me make it so simple that even Joe Scarborough can understand it uh, some days. Anyway, they came up with this process. Really, it was Robert Byrd who came up with this process because they were having trouble getting bills passed. So they said, look, here's what we're going to do. The House passes a spending bill, a budget bill. And uh, they send it to the Senate. Remember, these spending bills and taxing bills under the Constitution are supposed to be given birth in the House. Then they go to the Senate. Well, the Senate may agree or disagree. But let's say they disagree. Or maybe there's a filibuster. They decide, you know what, let's have what we call a reconciliation process where the House has its say, the Senate has its say. If we can't agree, it goes to a reconciliation committee, for lack of a better word. And through this reconciliation process, we'll come up with something that really is a little of this and a little of that that should satisfy the House and the Senate without giving them everything they want. But we'll come together and we'll do that. Then we'll have a majority vote in the House and we'll have a majority vote in the Senate. We will exempt it from the filibuster. Okay, fair enough. What the Democrats did with the $1.9 trillion is none of that. The Democrats wrote the bills. The Democrats made the decision. The Democrats rammed it through the so called reconciliation process in warp speed time. And then they rammed it through. So you see, they violate the Constitution. They violate their own procedures. They don't care. Because it's their chance to shine, baby. It's their chance to change the world forever. And they are committed to doing it. They are not going to worry about the rule of law, constitution, parliamentary procedure, their own practice, their own commitment. They're not worried about any of that stuff, folks. No, 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 no. No. Because the golden calf is right behind the curtain. They want that golden calf. They want that golden calf. And that's what they worship. The golden calf of Marxism and big government. So Ben Cardin is, you know, he's, he's caught talking to people. And basically he says, look, uh, the Republicans aren't going to agree to this massive spending that we want to do. And so we'll ram it home again, whether they like it or not. I suspect that's where we're going to go. See if you can hear yourself. It's cut five. Go. Uh,
4: I think it's going to be a building process. I think you can see some actions by some of the committees to, to certain parts of it, but ultimately it's going to be put together similar to how the rescue plan is yeah. It's got at the end of the day. It's, be, it's, be, it's, be, it's most likely to have these reconciliation. Uh, yeah, the Republicans will be with you.
1: Here, let's just clear about it. Thanks again, everybody. Okay. All
0: right, let me let me read to you the transcript. Ben Cardin. He's talking about the massive infrastructure bill. Now, you need to understand something. McConnell's right about this. This massive infrastructure bill is not going to be about infrastructure. A certain small percentage of it might be. But it's going to be, again, a Christmas tree of ornaments that the Democrats are going to push through under the nomenclature of infrastructure. So another massive spending bill with massive things hidden in it. And what Cardin's saying, I think it's going to be a building process. Ultimately, it's going to be put together similar to how the American Rescue Plan was put together. That was their last atrocious bill last week. It's got to be, he says, at the end of the day, it's got to be. You're most likely going to have to use reconciliations. The Republicans will be with you to a point And then and Buttigieg says, OK, let's clear. Thanks, everyone. Because Buttigieg, I think, knows it's being recorded. And he's saying, look at this twerp. So the gig is up. We already knew this, but the gig is up. We know exactly what's happening. They're going down their their list of things. Schumer now says he wants to cancel $50,000 in student debt. It was first 12 25, now 50,000. Which is an amazing thing. I'm sure many of you with student debt say, "Hey, this is cool. Let me get in on it." And that's the point, isn't it? That's the point, isn't it? And so people took out loans knowing full well that they're expected to pay them back with interest. And now you and I are expected to pay them back with interest. And two-thirds of the people in this country didn't graduate from a four-year college. They don't have a college degree, a four-year college degree. And those people earn on average less than people who took out student loans and went to college and graduate school and on and on. And yet it is those people, the two-thirds, many of you, who are going to now subsidize the people who took out college loans you're going to be now subsidizing them. So you see, they're full of crap when they talk about working people. So Chuck Schumer, with just the news yesterday, cut six, go. There are some who've talked about the issue of fairness when it comes to canceling student debt. Is canceling the $50,000 of student debt fair to a person who recently finished paying off their college loans instead of, Doing something like buying their first home. And how does debt forgiveness address rising tuition costs at uh, public and private universities? Now, his point there is very important. Because by ineffective, in effect, the taxpayer subsidizing student debt, what happens is there's absolutely no spending control or tuition control over universities and colleges because they know it's an endless pit, a bottomless pit. Go ahead. Question. This could be used against any form of progress. We shouldn't have Social Security because the previous
2: generation uh, had to save money for their old age. We shouldn't have Medicare because
0: everyone had to pay for health care before Medicare. Yeah, but nobody's – But the, 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 wait a minute. We're forgiving $50,000 loans or debtedness. This has nothing to do with Social Security or Medicare or these other – programs that people are expected to pay into whether they are they, they are they are functionally rational or not is beside the point the point is we're all required to pay into this you don't wake up one day and you get social security you don't wake up one day and you get medicare and yet you wake up one day and your are you up to fifty thousand dollars has been canceled so one has nothing to do with the other absolutely nothing to do with the other but this is any form of progress he says go ahead
2: this is real progress And even though it won't help rectify some of the injustices of the past.
0: What injustice of the past? What is he talking about? You take out a loan? That's an injustice? Go ahead.
2: It does uh, um, rectify just injustices of of the present and
0: future. All right, he's a rambling buffoon. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. We're redistributing wealth. To Democrat voters. There are exceptions to the rule. But that's the rule. And they also want more and more people. To go through this. 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 This factory. Of ideological purity. That we call colleges and universities. Where your kid. Many of you. Your kid goes into these schools. And they come out different human beings. They never. Never. ...regulate colleges and universities. They never regulate tuition. Have you noticed? They never regulate salaries and pensions and medical benefits or tenure... ...because that's the Democrat Party indoctrination mill and along with media. Just like they never regulate slip and fall lawyers. Even those who operate across state lines and affect commerce across state lines... Because they're one of their biggest donors. That's why they never stand up to the teachers' unions. Because they supply two million, an army, of precinct workers on election day. Exceptions, of course. I'm not talking about the exceptions. I'm talking about the rule. And so they're very careful about who they tax, about who they regulate, about how they redistribute wealth and income. Very, very careful about how the programs impact their base. There's not a single program that they promote that harms any part of their base. There's not a single spending plan that they promote that hurts any part of their base. There's not a single redistribution plan that hurts the bulk of their base. And here they hope to expand the base. Wow, the Democrats just gave me $50,000. On top of that, I got $1,400. On top of that, $300 a week. On top of my state unemployment. I mean, my God, I love these Democrats. I've never seen anything like this. It's amazing. It's magnificent! They just keep giving. I'll be right back.
1: Mart Love
0: And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. We want to welcome uh, Senator Ted Cruz. How are you, sir?
3: Mark, I'm doing terrific. How are you doing?
0: Very lousy. You want to know the truth. I'm watching what's going (laughs) on with these Democrats and Biden. Senator, let me ask you this question. Is there any area of the civil society in our culture that these people aren't prepared to turn inside out with no majority in the Senate? With the smallest majority they've had in the House in 100 years. And a president of the United States that keeps signing uh, uh, executive orders like he's signing his utility bills. I mean, this is frightening to me.
3: Uh, It it is frightening, And, and the Democratic Party has control over the White House, every cabinet agency, both houses of Congress. And even more frighteningly, that Democratic Party today is controlled by the extreme radical left. Joe Biden is either unwilling or unable to stand up to Bernie Sanders, to stand up to Elizabeth Warren, to stand up to AOC. The people setting the agenda are the radicals, they are the socialists, And their number one priority is to entrench their power forever. They want to see democratic control of the government for the next century, and and they want to make it so that it is impossible that they ever lose control again. They believe in government, and they believe in total power, and that's what we're seeing is they're they're endeavoring to push that agenda using any and every means necessary.
0: And you know, Senator Cruz, I watched Trey Gowdy, and he said – Republicans are in no position to talk about debt. Now, by the way, I did talk about debt. You did, too. Several did, even during these these bills coming through. But even so, it's different in kind and fact when you're in the middle of a pandemic trying to figure out ways to help people because these governors shut down these states – Versus now, when the economy is expected to grow at 10% next quarter, where unemployment's at 6%, 9% of a $2 trillion bill is aimed at the virus and helping people related to the virus. The rest of it, or the vast majority of it, is a boondoggle. And now they have another $2 trillion so-called infrastructure bill behind it with more boondoggles in it than a massive tax increase. What do you make of this?
3: The Democrats, it is all about politics and power all of the time. Uh, As you rightly noted, the the $1.9 trillion porculus plan that was just passed, it's not a COVID-19 relief bill. Uh, Only 9% of the funding actually goes to COVID-19 health spending. 91% doesn't go to that. And, And what this bill was all about was paying off the Democrats' political cronies, their friends and their supporters. You know, it would have been very simple to do a bipartisan COVID relief plan. And and this is not theoretical, uh, last year, when Republicans had the majority in the Senate, we passed five bipartisan COVID relief plans. If the Democrats had come together and sought funding for things like the vaccine, for vaccine distribution, for, for stopping the, the pandemic, for things like providing relief to small businesses or families that are hurting or, or reopening schools to get kids back to school, they could have drafted a bill that, that they could have passed a 100 and nothing or something close to it in the Senate. They didn't want to do that. They made the decision to go with a hard partisan bill. It got zero Republican votes in the House, zero Republican votes in the Senate, because it wasn't about solving the problem. hundreds of billions of dollars is going to bailing out blue states, bailing out their buddies in New York and California and Illinois. It's just shoveling cash. Tens of billions of dollars goes to, to their buddies at the teachers' unions at schools, and it requires nothing in terms of reopening the schools. It leaves schools shut down and kids not getting an education. And, and to show you, Mark, just how radical this bill is. So, so we fought it on the Senate floor for over 24 hours, stayed there all night fighting it. I introduced a number of amendments. I had one amendment that says, okay, these stimulus uh, checks that you're sending out, They shouldn't go to criminals, to violent felons who are currently incarcerated, who are in prison. Every single Democrat voted against it. It failed by a vote of 50 to 49, by one vote. If a single Democrat had supported it, it would have passed. And and so that means right now the Biden administration is sending $1,400 checks to murderers, to rapists, to child molesters who are sitting in prison. That is indefensible. They did the same thing. I had another amendment saying don't send it to illegal aliens. Every Democrat voted against it. They're sending millions of checks to illegal aliens. It is radical, it's extreme, and it's dangerous.
0: Oh, Lord. And it's it's difficult to stop them when they violate their own reconciliation process. In other words, they, they lack virtue, they lack integrity, They're looking for ways to to circumvent the United States Constitution, to circumvent their own processes that they put in place, this reconciliation process, in order to ram through their agenda with no Republican support, meaning half the country, probably more than. Look, I'll bet 90 percent of Americans don't want rapists and mass murderers getting checks. I'll bet 90 percent of Americans don't want illegal aliens getting checks. But because the media is so in the tank, they don't really report this stuff. So the nope, public has they no they idea what's it. going
3: on. And, and by the way, even the so-called moderate Democrats, let's say the, the, the Joe Manchins and, and Kirsten Sinema's, they both voted to send the checks mm-hmm. to rapists and child molesters. They both voted to send the checks to illegal immigrants. There are no moderate Democrats left. No. It is complete party-line discipline, and it is party-line discipline because it's an exercise of brute power – And that makes the next two years really, really dangerous because the brute power is coming from the radical and extreme left who want to fundamentally alter and transform this country.
0: Now, uh, Senator McConnell said today, and he seemed pretty damn angry about it, that we are going to go scorched earth, quote unquote, if they if they succeed in eliminating the filibuster rule. Are there rules that you can use to slow them down? and uh, and gut their programs.
3: Well, there are rules we can try and we can fight if they eliminate the filibuster. And I thought Mitch gave a good and important speech on the Senate floor today saying we will fight using every tool we have and we need to follow through on it. But but i got to tell you, the fate of the republic, as astonishing as it sounds rests with the two Democrats I just mentioned, Manchin and Cinema. Both of them have said publicly that they will oppose eliminating the filibuster. The filibuster means that it takes 60 votes to pass legislation and not 50.
0: Are you able sure, to stay I or do that. you need to go? Yeah. I All right. That. I want to get into this, then I want to move to immigration and your op-ed. We'll be right back.
1: America's Paul Revere. Call him now at eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one.
0: We have Senator Ted Cruz with us. Uh, Senator Cruz, uh, the southern border. What's happening there is absolutely inhumane, particularly to little kids. Um, yes. Some of whom are being uh, sexually abused. We have uh, a big increase. We're told by the Border Patrol of this uh, the narco mob active uh, on the southern border, all kinds of things going on down there now. People with uh, not just COVID-19, but all kinds of uh, illnesses that we've defeated in this country coming through. Joe Biden won't visit the border. His administration is lying about what's taking place there. His administration will not call it a crisis. We have absolute anarchy. They're overwhelming the Border Patrol. They're overwhelming ISIS as if they're effectively defunding them through the back door. What are your thoughts about this?
3: Well, it is a crisis at the border. It is getting worse and worse each and every day, and it is the direct result of decisions made by Joe Biden in this administration. When, when Biden came in, he immediately halted construction on the wall. Uh, he immediately reinstituted catch and release, which means now when illegal aliens are apprehended, we let him go and give him some court date in the future and ask him to show up, and a whole bunch of them we know are not going to show up. Uh, He also ended the remain in Mexico policy. This was an incredible foreign policy uh, victory that the Trump administration had negotiated with Mexico, that when Central American migrants who had come through Mexico tried to come into this country, that they would remain in Mexico while their cases were processed. Joe Biden threw that international agreement in the trash, and not only that, he ended the policies of, of not releasing illegal immigrants who were, who were risks for COVID-19. He ended that for kids. What's the result? We've seen a surge in illegal immigration. Just today, the Secretary of Homeland Security says, quote, we're on pace to encounter more individuals on the southwest border than we have in the last 20 years. This is the Biden crisis. We're in particular seeing a spike of unaccompanied minors, little boys and little girls, handed over to human traffickers, human traffickers who are physically abusing these kids, who are sexually abusing these kids. It is a humanitarian disaster. And the reason it's happening is because Biden said, if the kids get here, they get to stay. And I'll tell you as a public health matter, Mark, so they're releasing illegal immigrants. In Harlingen, Texas, those illegal immigrants are testing positive for COVID-19 at a rate that is seven times higher than the U.S. population. And yet, because of politics, because the Democrats believe these illegal immigrants will vote Democratic, the public health doesn't matter, COVID doesn't matter, crime doesn't matter. It is ali is oxen free and open borders, and it is dangerous, and it will keep getting worse as long as this administration refuses to enforce the law.
0: And you touched on something, Senator Cruz, that I strongly agree with you on, and that's this. They really want to change the demographics of Texas and the rest of the country. It's all about the Democrat Party. It's not about the country. It's about their power base. It's about funding their base, redistributing wealth to their base, expanding their base. It's about flipping Texas from a light purple into a dark blue like so many other states, and that's where their focus is, period. And the human tragedy down there. Joe Biden won't visit. Joe Biden won't hold a press conference. He announces he's going to have one in nine days. So people stop asking about a press conference. By the way, Senator, is he having a State of the Union address where he can read off a teleprompter? Is he doing that?
3: I, I have no idea, but he refuses to ask questions and the press doesn't ask questions. I can tell you next week I'm traveling down to the border. I've been to the border many times. I organized uh, a, a delegation of senators to come down and, and, and see the detention facilities, meet with Border Patrol, meet with the Border Patrol Union, meet with the leadership there and see firsthand what's happening. The overcrowded facilities and, and, and the the public health risks that the Biden administration is allowing. And And for them, it is all about politics and it's all about power. You know, you combine this this open borders policy with the bill that they, that they call H.R. 1. It was the very first bill introduced in the Nancy Pelosi-controlled Democratic House. And what is their first priority? It's not COVID, it's not jobs, it's not schools, it's not kids. Their first priority is maintaining Democratic control forever. So this is an election bill that strikes down every photo ID law in the country, that makes it easier for felons and criminals and illegal immigrants to vote, and, 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 and that sets the stage for for making it impossible to ever defeat Democrats. That is their priority. They want to facilitate voter fraud. They want universal mail-in balloting. They, they want ballot harvesting, and it is all designed to ensure... That that, that Pelosi and Schumer are in power no matter what, and the voters can't change it. That is taking away your right to vote and my right to vote because they want illegal immigrants and criminals to dilute your vote and keep them in power.
0: It's the greatest attack on voting in American history, and they dress it up as a reform, and if you oppose it, they say you're a racist. It is the most sickening kind of demagoguery imaginable. Now, you wrote an op-ed recently about the Olympics in China. And I'm curious to uh, to know uh, for you to expand on that.
3: Well, th- th- there are some Republicans talking about how they believe we should boycott the Olympics in China. And and the Biden administration has suggested they're open to this idea. Now, listen, I will yield to nobody in terms of being a China hawk. I think communist China is profoundly dangerous. They are murderers. They are torturers. They they are running concentration camps with over a million people in it right now. and, And nobody has led the fight harder in the Senate against communist China than I have. That being said, I think the idea of boycotting the Olympics is really really dumb. Jimmy Carter tried it. He did it. It was a mistake then. It didn't work. It didn't hurt the Soviet Union. But you know what hurt? It hurt our athletes who had spent their lives training to compete. And and it punished them in a way that I thought was grotesquely unfair and impotent. And I think the answer is not boycott the Olympics and hurt U.S. Olympians, hurt U.S. Paralympians. Instead, the answer is Go over there, speak the truth, call out the Chinese oppression, call out Chinese communism, don't kiss their behind, speak the truth, and also go over there and kick some commie ass and take the gold medals home. Do them both at the same time.
0: Now, will men who identify as women be able to participate in women's sports in the Olympics, or how is that going to work with the Biden mandate, his executive order that he put out, I wonder?
3: Well, We've got to please, sort the- through this, Senator. The, the, the Olympics historically has not allowed biological males to compete in women's sports. You don't remember
0: the East Biden's, Germans, Democrats. do you? <laughs> <I don't remember. laughs>
3: but you know what? They do testosterone tests, and if, you're test, ah. if you test too high, they don't allow you to compete. Um, the difference – so Biden and the, and the Democrats want to mandate biological males can compete in girls' sports, which would have the effect of, of dramatically uh, – mm weakening if not destroying girls sports you look at title Mm nine that has allowed girls and women to compete compete competitively develop discipline learn all the benefits of competitive athletics and yet if you have biological males competing we've seen where that happens that that girls sports gets crowded out it's not fair you know Heidi and I have two little girls you know our daughters Mark it's not fair for them to compete uh against biological males and 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 Today's Democratic Party values politics more than reason or common sense or fairness.
0: And you're talking about the Civil Rights Act and the additions to it, and they're using Title Seven to attack Title Nine. And this is the way yep. the Democrats do it. And uh, he did it by executive order, just like Obama did. Doesn't come to Congress. There's no deliberation. Things are done fast. They're done stupidly. In other words, they're done uh, to undermine the kind of system that we're supposed to have in place where the people get to talk to the representatives about what they want and what they don't want. But it's well, very and curious number to me. One
3: priority yeah. is structural reforms. It's why they want to pass HR1, which I call the Corrupt Politicians Act. It's mm-hmm. why they want to add two states, DC and Puerto Rico to get four new democratic senators. It's why they want to pack the US Supreme Court. If they end the filibuster, they will pack the court. You and I have both written, as you know, my my latest book, One Vote Away, How a Single Seat on the Supreme Court Can Change History. It outlines how so many of our fundamental rights, free speech, religious liberty, the Second Amendment, are hanging in the balance by a single vote. If the Democrats end the filibuster, they'll pack the Supreme Court, and they will take away your rights and my rights.
0: All right, Senator, we wish you all the best. Keep fighting, and thank you. We appreciate it very much.
3: Thank you, my friend. God bless.
0: And God bless you, too. He is a great guy, and he's a very, very good friend. We'll be right back. Much Lovin'. And enter promo code Levin podcast again. PureTalkUSA.com promo code Levin L-E-V-I-N podcast. And when you do, you'll save fifty percent off your first month. That's PureTalkUSA.com promo code Levin podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Top Biden advisor, Cedric Richmond, former congressman. White House will move on reparations without Congress. So Joe Biden wants to build his legacy in every conceivable way possible. He is abusing his power. He is abusing the Treasury. He's abusing the American people, at least some of the American people. There's no basis for reparations today. None whatsoever. After the Civil War, maybe. Now, no. And that said, the idea I hatched years ago, years and years ago, right here behind this microphone. If anybody owes reparations, it's the Democrat Party. Not we Republicans. No, 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 no. If your ancestors were here during the Civil War period and you were a Republican— They fought on the side of the union against slavery. The Democrat Party was the party of slavery, was the party of the Confederacy. I've said it over and over again over 20 years. The Democrat Party is the party of Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal, segregation, Jim Crow. It's the party of no school choice. Yes, that's the party, the Democrat Party. And I don't care how many leaders of the party are minorities. I'm talking about the effects of this party throughout our history has been a disaster. And now we have a disaster in the White House. A man who has evolved from sleeping with segregationists to now sleeping with Marxists. He's come the full political way, the whole spectrum. From sleeping with segregationists, politically sleeping, of course, to now sleeping with Marxists. The man preached unity. The man preached a colorblind society. The man preached character. The man wanted us to look at each other, the content of our character, as human beings. Do you know that the critical race theoreticians reject Martin Luther King? Black Lives Matter rejects Martin Luther King. The idiots on the basketball courts and the football fields. The idiots who have microphones in their faces or television cameras in their faces. The idiots that sit on executive committees and boards of directors for major corporations. The idiots that manage these corporations. The idiots in the media, all promoting Black Lives Matter. An organization that rejects everything that Martin Luther King preached. Did you know that? Well, now you know that. So, reparations. What's next? I don't know what's next. It's really quite sick. If Joe Biden had put his agenda out there for all of you to see and hear, rather than pretend, oh, look at me. I'm not a, do I look like a socialist? Joe Biden, you know who I am. I'm no socialist. Blah, blah, blah. Hiding in the basement, lying about who he is, covering up the Hunter Biden scandal, creating phony scandals against President Trump, whether it's the Washington Post and their propaganda or the New York Times and their propaganda, Russian collusion and all the rest. Let me tell you something. If the Democrats continue to do what they do, it is legitimate to call what they're doing illegitimate government. Because you don't get to cut corners on the Constitution and then insist that the rest of us follow what they do. In other words, the Constitution is the highest mortal law in this country. And if we have temporary politicians elected for two years or four years into the majority or longer, they don't get to make the rules outside the Constitution and the demand we comply What's the rationality for that? Lawlessness begets lawlessness. That's the problem with lawlessness. You destroy the civil society for the law of the jungle. That's what you do. Where people have to fend for themselves, not economically, not socially, but literally to protect themselves. That's the problem. Two months later, two months later, they say at bizpackreview.com, where's the evidence Republican lawmakers were involved in the January 6th riots, as Democrats claimed? Remember that? Every one of their claims is falling to pieces. Where's the evidence that Republican lawmakers conspired with rioters on January 6th? There was never any evidence. Where's the correction? There are no corrections. Where's the evidence that the rioters were armed? They weren't armed. Where's the correction? There are no corrections. Where's the evidence that this was an insurrection, as an insurrection is understood? There is no evidence this was an insurrection. This was a violent riot. And yet it was less violent. Then every single riot Antifa and Black Lives Matter has been involved in. And that is exactly what Senator Johnson means and says. It's called facts, not racism. And by the way, Antifa, as best as we can tell, given their garb, is mostly white, not black. You idiots in the media. And they weren't mostly peaceful. They were almost always violent. I'll be right back.
3: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
0: So there's a slip and fall lawyer who works for the Democrats, who was the Svengali behind many of the changes that took place in the 2020 election, particularly in battleground states, helping to orchestrate much of the litigation of the Biden campaign, the DNC, the local and state Democrat parties, as well as their surrogate organizations. His name is Mark Elias. You've heard me mention him before. And he's with the uh, law firm of Perkins Coie. The First Circuit, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal, not a district court, the Court of Appeals right under the Supreme Court, sanctions Mark Elias, and other Perkins Coie lawyers for redundant and misleading motion. Now let's see how this goes with uh, with this particular article from Crime dot com. A federal appeals court has sanctioned Perkins Coie attorneys who represent Democratic groups for, quote, a redundant and misleading motion in election litigation. The 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals at New Orleans imposed the sanctions on lawyer Mark Elias. That's Mark Elias and his legal team in March 11 in an order. Now, this is the same guy who moved money uh, into um, that operation. I forget the name of the group after all these years, uh, which then in turn uh, put together that dossier. He was the bagman, if you will. Now, the court imposed the sanctions in a case in which Perkins Coy lawyers, including Elias, argued that the elimination of straight ticket voting in Texas disproportionately, disproportionately affected minorities. Now, why would that disproportionately affect minorities? You know, if you really think about how the Democrats talk about minorities, particularly black people, they want you to think stereotypically. From their perspective, that is that blacks are stupid. They can't get an ID like a driver's license or a utility bill that they don't know how to do that. They can't have school choice because they won't know how to choose what's best for their kids. Uh, That's right. It can't have straight ticket voting because they're too stupid. They won't know that. This is how the Democrats view their base, part of their base. African-Americans, Latino-Americans, other Americans, this is how they view their base. They go into court and say, look, our base is too stupid. The court imposed the sanctions in a case in which Perkins Coy lawyers argued the elimination of a straight ticket voting in Texas disproportionately affected minorities. By the way, I'm happy to see people on cable and other places now finally parroting what I've been explaining, that The focus needs to be on what the Democrat Party is doing for the Democrat Party, much as communist parties do. Yes, that's right. They don't care about the country. They don't care about the people of the country. They care about their power, power. These are power-hungry narcissists. That's what they are. And the more people on TV and radio who understand this and preach it, the better off we'll be. Let's continue. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said the lawyer, listen to this, filed a February 10 motion to supplement the record that was nearly identical to a September 29, 2020 motion that they previously filed. The earlier motion was denied. The court said the inexplicable failure to disclose the earlier denial of their motion violated their duty of candor to the court. Here's the problem. If you lose a motion and you want to refile it, you have to file it as a motion to reconsider or for reconsideration you don't try to sneak it in again and hope that a panel of the circuit perhaps made up of different judges but even the same panel which is trying to keep track of god knows how many documents will then rule in your favor because you snuck one past them but that's how mark elias practices law and that's how perkins coey practices law slimy The lawyers had argued that they thought the denied motion applied only to the emergency state proceedings. But there was no such limit, the appeals court said, and if the lawyers had any confusion about the application of the order, they could have and should have disclosed the previously denied motion in their new motion. The appeals court ordered the lawyers to pay attorney's fees incurred by their opponents in connection with the duplicative motion and to pay double costs. The lawyers, quote, are also encouraged albeit not required to review the ABA model ethics rule on candor toward courts and to complete one hour of continuing legal education on the topic. In other words, this is humiliating for most lawyers, but for these slip and fallers, probably not. Perkins Coy's first supplemental motion had sought to establish that the lawyer's clients had stayed in to seek an injunction blocking enforcement of the ban on straight ticket voting. The Texas Secretary of State had raised the standing argument for the first time during the injunction appeal. After the injunction expired, the Perkins Coy lawyers again sought to file a declaration showing standing when the Secretary of State claimed protection by sovereign immunity. The plaintiffs challenged the ban on straight ticket voting, or the Texas Alliance for Retired Americans, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, because they think minorities are too stupid. They go into court, they file one document after another, which, quite frankly, is racist and stereotypical. But that's okay, for the left, the ends justifies the means. Whatever. Where's Stacey Abrams? Well, she's out there bloviating about how great the Democrat Party is. Perkins Coie released this statement to publications covering the sanctions. We do not normally respond to requests for comment on pending litigation. But the firm and the attorneys involved in this matter strongly disagree with the appellate court's ruling and its order of sanctions in this case. The firm fully and completely supports our attorneys in this case. In other words, the whole law firm is poisonous. It stinks to handmaiden of the Democrat Party. So finally, a court has caught up with this Mark Elias and his fellow slip-and-fallers. And now every time he files any kind of ethics documents or anything else, he has to reveal what took place. He has a scarlet letter on his forehead, and he won't care. More. Judge may unseal Fulton absentee ballots for fraud investigation. A judge may unseal... This is the uh, Atlantic uh, Journal. A judge may unseal absentee ballots in Fulton County. This includes Atlanta. So a government watchdog can investigate allegations of voting fraud in the November election. A lawsuit filed in Fulton County Superior Court contends that fraudulent ballots were cast and other irregularities occurred as workers counted ballots at State Farm Arena on election night. You know, it's amazing. You're not only allowed to bring this stuff up, but here, here's a news story, right? Here it is, right, folks? Now it's a little late, but still we need to get into this, don't we? Those allegations were investigated and dismissed by the Secretary of State's office. Nonetheless, Henry County Superior Court Judge Brian Amiro, who is overseeing the case, said he's inclined to order the ballots to be unsealed and reviewed by experts hired by Garland Favorito, a voting integrity advocate. At a hearing Monday, Amiro sought a detailed plan by maintaining the secrecy and security of the ballots, which by state law are under seal in the Fulton County Superior Court clerk's office. We want to do this in such a way that dispels rumors and disinformation and sheds light, Amiro said at the hearing. The devil's in the details. So this is the, uh, the, the petitioner. Favorito's case is part of a wave of lawsuits that have alleged fraud and misconduct in the November presidential election. Some sought to overturn Joe Biden's win in Georgia. You see the media is very good. Ooh, they're trying to overturn our hero's election. We dragged him across the victory line. And... His uh, his three IQ. We dragged them both across the uh, finish line. Here we can't we can't look backwards. The accusations of fraud have inspired a slew of bills in the Georgia General Assembly that could restrict voting in the name of election security. Don't you hate the media in this country? Why don't they just admit they're mouthpieces, propagandists, demagogues for the Democrat Party? Why aren't they honest? It shouldn't be the Atlantic Journal Constitution. It should be the Atlantic Journal Democrat Constitution. That's all. It's that simple. It's like CNN, the cable news network, the Democrat cable news network, DCNN. like MSNBC, D-MSNBC. Put the D in there. That's who they are. That's what they are. d DABC, D-ABC, D-New York Slimes, D-Washington Compost, not the D. The group's lawsuit, that will be Judicial Watch now, filed in Fulton County Superior Court, says Roffensperger's office still hasn't provided the requested documents they're seeking. Roffensperger's office did not immediately respond. That guy is such a punk. Favorito is seeking to review absentee ballots in Fulton County. He says county workers likely fabricated ballots and counted some ballots multiple times on election night. The observers were suspicious of ballots that were printed on a different stock of paper than regular ballots, appeared to have been printed instead of marked by ink in a voter's hand, or were not creased, indicating they had not been placed in the absentee ballot envelope and mail. I'm sure the New York Times and the Washington Post took a very careful look at this. Maybe we should have said the Russians were in Oh, let's go look! Investigators with the Secretary of State's office reviewed hours of video from election night and said they saw nothing improper. Because they're blind as bats. In public comments and in court documents, state and county officials say many damaged ballots must be duplicated because scanners won't process them. And they say the the ballot scanners sometimes jam, though some ballots get through the scanner before it stops. When that happens, workers scan the ballots again, but they're not... You realize all these votes were cast... And they didn't find a single piece of fraudulent evidence, Mr. Producer. Not one. Why does the Internal Revenue Service have auditors, folks? Why do we have inspectors general throughout our federal government, one department and administration after another? Why do we have an FBI and other federal law enforcement? Why do we have federal prosecutors? Why? Because people commit fraud. All kinds of fraud in all walks of life, involving all kinds of stuff, except in the last election. There was no fraud. And then they say, oh, there may have been some, but not enough to change the result of that." How do you know? How do you know anything? And if you're right, what's the problem? Why not look? Can't look. You're a conspiracy nut and you're inciting an insurrection. No, I didn't bring up Russia collusion. Doesn't matter. I brought up liberal collusion. Can't have that. At Monday's hearing, Amaro said he's willing to order the, that's the judge, the absentee ballots to be unsealed if he's assured their security will not be compromised. He requested a detailed plan, including who would review the ballots, how they would analyze them, and how they would secure them. The judge also discussed a protective order that would prohibit Favorito's experts from disclosing their... If this happens, to my knowledge, this is really the first time it's happened. Now, it's late, obviously, after the fact. But look at what's already happened after the fact. We now know the Washington Post was involved in a widespread conspiracy that the rest of the media participated in, lying, lying about the call the president had with an investigator in his secretary of state's office in Georgia. And it became part of the impeachment against the president of the United States. Romney embraced it. Sass embraced it. Toomey embraced it. All the clowns embraced it. Kingsinger. Cheney. And it was a lie. Just like he incited an insurrection was a lie. Just like the first impeachment was a lie. Just like Russia collusion was a lie. But this government is clean, no fraud, planned by the book with the executive orders, planned by the book with the reconciliation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All they want to do is big change and fast for the people. Massive tax increases for the people. Massive debt for the people. Mass redistribution of wealth for the people. Massive loan forgiveness for the people. Massive illegal immigration with all kinds of diseases coming across, like COVID-19. For the people, folks. Don't you get it? Driving up gasoline and electricity prices. For the people. Driving out blue-collar jobs in the oil pack. For the people. Preventing schools from opening. For the people. Preventing school choice in the inner city. For the people. They're for the people. The question is which people? They're not for you. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member and you should be too. Join today at AMAC.us. That's A M A C.us. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50 plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. AMAC.us. All right. Let's take a few calls. What do you say? Fred, Elk Grove, California, the great KSFO. Fred, go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Yes, sir.
2: I, want, I just wanted to say thank you so much for bringing
3: up the information about uh, the Palestinians and the fact that they don't own any land and that Israel has a right to exist in their own land. And Americans need to
4: understand Well,
0: I, I'm not saying they don't own any land. What I'm saying is there is no historic connection. Uh, beyond 100, 150 years when they moved into these areas and were hired to work in these areas. You look at the Old Testament, you look at these, uh, these pieces of parchment that go back 1,900 years, they're not in there. What's in there? The Jews, the Hebrews. And so the idea that somebody would write that up for the Associated Press and still call it the West Bank, Occupied West Bank, when in fact the native peoples of that area, Judea and Samaria, are clearly the Jews, and the history is is unequivocal, it's undeniable, just demonstrates to you what's going on.
3: Absolutely. I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood in Cleveland. I'm Gentile, but uh, Israel has the right to be there. I met Netanyahu when I lived in Aspen, and what a wonderful person he is.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: Israel, Americans need to understand Israel needs
4: to exist to support America.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's a symbiotic relationship. I mean, so many people go to church and go to synagogue, and and you look at the, the Torah or you look at, uh, at the Bible, uh, the New Testament for Christian brothers and sisters and so forth. Where does this come from? And why would we cede the entirety of the Middle East uh, to uh, Arabs and Muslims? I mean, I'm just being honest about it. The point is this. What happened to all the Jews and Christians who used to live in Syria? There's very few. In Iran, not enough. Many of them moved out. In Iraq, I think they're down to 40 Jews. In Egypt and all these places. There used to be Jews and Christians in all these places. And pretty much there aren't anymore. We don't talk about right or return for them, now do we? I guess it's diaspora. Exactly. All right, my friend. Good points, Fred. Going from Fred in California to Freddie in El Paso, Texas, the great KTSM. Freddie, how are you, sir?
3: I'm uh, well, Mark. I am calling about state legislatures such as Georgia and others, as you pointed out uh, recently, that are working to strengthen their presidential election laws. And the opponents of this in Georgia are insisting that they must get Governor Brian Kemp's signature and if I understand you correctly no they don't need the governor well my
0: position is that's not what article 2 section 1 clause 2 says it says the state legislature shall exactly. So I don't, people might say well that's a fringe view well if the constitution's fringe that's what I'm embracing I mean they can go to the governor hope he signs it but what I'm saying is No, the state legislature has the final say, period. Not a court, not a bureaucrat, not even the governor. None of them are mentioned. Thank you, Freddie. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong. Gavin Newsom is in trouble, you see, with a recall potential election here because of Republicans, because of QAnon, because of militia groups, because of the Proud Boys, of which apparently there are millions in California. Now, folks, he takes no responsibility for his sophomoric, superficial, knee-jerk reaction to a pandemic, which has destroyed the lives of millions cost tens of thousands of lives. God knows how many people died, in addition to those who passed away as a result of the virus. Of course, they blame Trump, who had nothing to do with California. How many businesses have been destroyed? How many people have been arrested, or given tickets for daring to try and make a living, and pay their bills and put food on the table? He goes after the churches and the synagogues in his state? The Supreme Court tells him to cut it out and has to rule against him? And the courts have to do that more than once. But you see, it's not Newsom. It's not his fault. And this is part of the problem with the country. That's why we rain money on people. People who fail, people who are not successful, even people who do succeed. Because you see, if they do succeed, it's all because of them. And if they fail, it's all because of the system. And militia groups and Proud Boys and QAnon, and, of course, he brings this propaganda, these vile lies with him, to the view. Because whom is he sitting next to but Joy Behar, a failed radio host. She failed on WABC in New York. She's supposed to be a comedian. She's not a comedian. She's stupid. She's your typical yenta, knee-jerk yenta, like most of the liberals on The View. It should be called The View. It should be called The Democrat left wing crackpot view. May I say with all due respect. Have you noticed leftists who make the worst statements about race and everything else, they are never banned from TV or radio. Have you noticed that, Mr. Beducer? Never. Doesn't matter what they they're never banned because the cancel culture doesn't reach the Marxist idiots. Anyway, Joy Behar, a useless idiot slobbering all over Newsom whose hair is dripping all over her cut 15 go so governor you say that this recall effort uh has ties to the same extremist groups that stormed the Capitol, but organizers claim more than a third of signatures are from democrats independents and unaffiliated voters uh mad that your pandemic policies shuttered businesses and schools are both true
4: well, the chief proponent of this, and, and 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 forgive me, this is just objective truth. The chief proponent of this recall petition uh, supports uh, putting microchips into migrants. Now you're
0: such a disgusting demagogue. So this is what it comes down to. You see, ladies and gentlemen, millions of people, almost two million, have signed a recall petition well beyond the one point five million, and they needed to do that because they know That when it comes to a recall of a Democrat, they check those signatures, they check them twice, they have all kinds of security measures in place, Mr. Producer, that they don't want in place when liberal Democrats vote. Have you noticed? They're going to check the voting rolls, they're going to check if they're legal citizens, they're going to check signatures against signatures. My God, they're going to check and they're going to make sure that every one of those signatures counts or is thrown out. But when it comes to voting, hey, don't get all worked up. Relax. Signature's a signature. What's the problem? But you see, it's the right wingers. It's the Proud Boys and QAnon. And nobody even knows what the hell QAnon is. Oh, it's QAnon. Not then again. Oh, my God. QAnon after PAnon. Oh, they got the PAnon and now we have the QAnon. I thought Newsom had the problem with the P-Anons uh, uh, with him. That it's the Q-Anon. What happened to A-Anon and B-Anon and C-Anon? I don't know. I have no idea. Are we going to have the LGBTQ-Anon? I don't even know. I don't know what's going on in this country. But the microchip guys, you see, that's the guy leading the effort here. Not people who have lost their jobs. Not people who have lost their businesses, not people who are sick and tired of this jackass governor and incompetent left-wing boob. No! It's the Proud Boys behind the whole thing. And let's see how many suckers there are in California who are going to fall for this. And here's the thing. People are living this. Their eyes are open. Their ears are open. They know who's responsible for what. Go ahead.
4: Uh, the
0: other proponents, the chief, the top Why does he prop- sound like Fauci to me? Uh, what, what is it with these guys? Why do they always have to clear their throats? Wait, what is it? I don't understand. This guy's like 6'10". Fauci's about 4'10". They I Meanwhile, they're all talking about It's like this. Go ahead.
4: Behind this, are members of the three percenters, the right-wing militia group, the Proud Boys.
0: What the hell are you talking about, you nutjob? Hey, you know, the three, per- what are the three percenters? I don't even know what the three, per- do you, Mr. Producer? And the right wing militia and the proud boys, they're all behind it. The people who supported the insurrection on January 6th, you see, you see, ladies and gentlemen, all goes back to the incitement of the answer. It's Trump's fault. Trump's doing this behind the scenes out of mar a no doubt with the help of the Russians. They're all out to get me. This guy is paranoid. He's unstable. He's unhinged. Go ahead.
4: Uh, are folks that quite literally, enthusiastically support QAnon uh, conspiracies. And so that's the origin. Is that
0: what your handlers told you to say, you dumbass? May I say that with all due respect? Is that what they told you to say? You really are not qualified to be in any public office. You need to be in a padded room. And they need to take away the uh, brill cream with a little dabble, do you? You know, we could we could connect an oil pipe to that guy's hair and it would uh, it would take care of the needs of Californians for a month. Same thing with Schumer in New York. We connect an oil pipe to his hair and that would take care of the needs of the of our New Yorker friends for two months. Go ahead.
4: As it relates to the people that signed this petition it just takes... Uh, one quarter of people that supported Donald Trump.
0: I knew it. It's Trump. See that, Mister? It's Trump did it. Trump forced this governor to destroy his state, to put people out of work, to destroy restaurants and salons. It was Trump who who did it. It was Trump who forced him to shut down churches in Seneca. Trump did it. How did I know? These Democrats have no respect for their fellow Democrats. They have no respect whatsoever for their base. They know their base will react to emotion. You throw out a few words, you throw out a few conspiracy theories, and they'll line up and they'll support you. That's what's going on here in California. That's what goes on in all these Democrat enclaves. Do you know 50% of the people in New York do not want... Cuomo to resign Mr. Producer do not want Cuomo to resign it must be because Cuomo hasn't yet met their daughters do you think that's possible I think it is but Cuomo shouldn't resign ladies and gentlemen no but if Cuomo should resign folks so should Joe Biden because as I said on Hannity as I've said behind this microphone as I've said on Levin TV as I've said On the corner, on a soapbox. Joe Biden is accused by Tara Reid of rape. Of doing virtually the same thing as accuser number six, says Cuomo did to her. And that's what pushed the over the edge, allegedly. And that's what pushed all these Democrats over the edge. And the media finally over the edge, number six. But what number six accuses Cuomo of doing... Is essentially what Biden did to Tara Reed. Cuomo facing potential impeachment. Joe Biden's elected president. Because he was the only horse they had at that point, and there was no way they were gonna do a damn thing to harm him. So the Tara Reed matter was all but covered up. The Hunter Biden matter was all but covered up. Joe Biden's insanity is all but covered up. I'll be right back. March. Why do they keep going to Michelle Obama for comments? What does she know? What does she know about any anything? And we're going to get to that before we close the program. But before we do... Well, Michelle Obama is, of course, a modern-day Nostradamus, Confucius, all in one. Honestly, I don't know why. I don't know why. There's a lot of first ladies we've had, and... Most of them are not particularly intelligent, and I don't consider Michelle Obama to be at the top of the list either. There's several I don't consider to be at the top of the list, including Republicans, by the way, a lot of them. But that's beside the point. Jenna Bush Hager, listen to that, a Bush child, working for a network, the Today Show NBC, that asked Michelle Obama a question. And you know when Michelle Obama answers, it's going to be about race. Again, I don't, I, I don't wish to be mean. But Mr. Perdusa, when I think of top-of-the-line intelligence, I don't think of the Bushes either, do you? I really don't. It's not to be rude to Laura or George or this one or that. I'm not trying to be. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't see it that way. Here we go. Cut 16, go.
2: What about when she talked about the fact that she? Meaning, expe- Markle?
0: That's so important that we know a Meghan Markle day in and day out, day in and day out. All right. Start at the top. Go ahead.
2: What about when she talked about the fact that she experienced racism? Wow. I mean, I feel like that was heartbreaking to hear that she felt like. And she- What's the
0: evidence for that? What's the evidence for that? The royal family says, no, we don't feel that way. And you know what's interesting? There's no evidence that this royal family ever has. No evidence whatsoever. There's evidence that Joe Biden was a racist, may still be. But not the queen, not the prince, not the offspring, to the best of my knowledge. Go ahead.
2: Own family. You know, her own family thought differently of her. Race
3: isn't a new construct in this world for people of color. So it wasn't a complete surprise to hear her, her, her feelings and to
1: have them articulated, I think.
0: What does that mean? What does that have to do with the question? Shouldn't the answer be, well, first of all, we don't have the facts. But if that's the case, shouldn't? Shouldn't you address it that way? We don't have the facts, but if that in fact did occur, if that's the case, then fill in the blank. But she doesn't even say that. Go ahead.
3: Hope for. And the thing I think about is that this first and foremost is a family. And I pray for forgiveness and healing for forgiveness.
0: Them. You don't even know if it happened. Go ahead they
3: can use this as a teachable moment for us all.
0: Teachable moment for what? We don't know if it happened. You know, I've talked to you about Professor Borston, who at one point became the, uh, the director of the Library of Congress. And I told you about the book he wrote called The Image. And I wrote about it in part in Unfreedom of the Press. And in that book, I explain that he explains about pseudo-events. That is, things that are said to have taken place but are not newsworthy. And they're not newsworthy because, number one, they don't affect people in any direct way. But number two, we don't even know if they're accurate, if that's just somebody's opinion. So you pay um Markle, it was reported, and I don't know if it's true, seven million dollars for an interview. Oprah conducts the interview. She brings up this issue of race, that they were concerned about the color of their grandchild. And the royal family's like shocked at this. And people are now being fired and TV shows are being canceled both in Britain and the United States. If you dare to say, wait a minute, we don't know if this is true, and I know this guy not to be a racist, he's fired, she's fired, the both shows are shut down, it's amazing, it's shocking. Are you telling me my show's over and I can't even finish discussing this, Mr. Producer? Maybe I'll have more to say tomorrow because I didn't complete my thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And I'll see you here tomorrow. Take care of yourselves and God bless.
3: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.